0: Good morning everybody And thank you for joining us here on Cinema Files Radio I'm your host here, Steve Pisa Thank you so much For last week We had the incomparable Doug Jones on last week I was waiting years for him to come on Finally we had him on I I thought we were going to be kind of off topic With the Star Trek uh, Conversation Uh, I'm used to people just saying I don't want to talk about this particular subject But it wasn't off basis, so it was really nice So get a chance and go watch the last episode with with Doug Jones. This week we have When the Fever Breaks with Genevieve Girard, Ryan T. Husk, and Timane Clay. When the Fever Breaks, it's an independent zombie film coming out very soon. The trailer is going to come out today at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. So Keep your ears and your eyes open for that We're going to have the Director and the two actors On there today Sean Paul Piccinino is also part of that Project as well, but he's in London today So he won't be able to make it So let's talk a little bit Now, What have you guys done for the past week? Have you watched anything interesting? If you have, please call in You can call in at 515-602-9609 515-602-9609 Call me up. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you did this week. What did you watch? Did you watch the Spider-Man re-release? Did you watch Dark Crystal on Netflix? Because I did. I binged that that show (laughs) Friday night at midnight, And I finished it already. It's done. It was done yesterday afternoon. That is quite possibly one of the most amazing uh, shows written and produced and directed in the past couple years. As far as going back into my past memory of what our crystal looked like when I saw it in the movie theaters. And when I saw it on, let's just say, Blu-ray or on Netflix. And then what the show is... They used to always say, be careful not to eclipse the film with a show or a prequel or what have you. But unfortunately, they kind of did. They really took Jim Henson's huge world of The Dark Crystal and expanded on it so much that it's impossible not to see a second, third, fourth, or even a fifth season and then a movie. Kind of feels like I'm talking about community, right? Six seasons in a movie? Dark Crystal was an incredible film incredible series of shows I believe it's uh, it's eight episodes, eight or ten episodes I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last week, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, one film less of his tenth, obviously what did you think? what did you think about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? was it good? was it great? Uh, what is it on your scale of Quentin Tarantino films? is it number 1 is it number 10 10 being worst 1 being best call us up write us in phone number here is 515-602-9609 let me know what you think I myself I didn't really like the film now we're talking about a Quentin Tarantino film right so let's just say out of his 9 movies this is probably 9 to me yeah probably number 9 Reservoir Dogs are Pulp Fiction being like number one Jackie Brown being probably like number six, five He's made some excellent movies, brilliant movies, brilliant movies And I'm not saying this movie is, is uh, far off from that But, yeah, it's far off from that <laughs> It's far off it, it just, it was an incoherent mess to me, but that's just the way movies are. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you go in with a with a with a weird mood, and you watch a movie, and it it just makes the movie weird. Or I really just don't know what to say. I went to his last two films, and I just did not enjoy them in the same way that I've enjoyed every single other film possible that he's made before. So, Once Upon a Time in America, to me, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, to me, was was a great disappointment. Uh, in the way that uh, it, it really didn't have a lot of what I would say, Quentin Tarantino moments, moments that shock you, moments that make you think, moments that that make you wonder, you know, what's happening? Whose world is this? Uh, an all encompassing world is what I was desiring. Yeah. Desire and expectation. That's the worst thing to have as, as a fan, isn't it? I know I don't have a right to say this. That's just my feelings about the movie. What did you think? Did you Did you see it? Did you see the film? Did you like it? What else have you seen this week? What other TV shows have you seen this week? We've been talking for a long time about the Marvel projects coming together. I remember when we were first having this radio show, we were talking about movies coming together and how they had synchronicity and how they had probable cause to create the kind of function they had. Let's just talk about the Marvel films. Now, not only do we have Marvel films, we also have the Disney Channel that's going to have Marvel and Disney films on that as well. So the world has changed so much since the last time we spoke. I mean, since Netflix, that there's so many new channels now, Amazon prime, uh, Netflix, um, you have the new Disney service coming up very soon. HBO has their own service coming up soon. It's it's just insane. So I would love to talk to you about this. Uh, Give me a call here at uh, 515-602-9609. We're waiting for uh, Genevieve Gearhart to show up, and she's going to be on the show in a couple minutes. Until then, let's put a nice song on here, one that I love, called Angel. I really love that song All right, now we have our guest Genevieve Gearhart She is uh, the star of, uh, of uh, When the Fever Breaks She also has some other details about some new things that are happening in her life That she's very excited about and we want to hear about So let's, let's bring on the Incredible, incredible Genevieve Hello Genevieve, how are you doing?
1: I'm great, thanks for having me I'm <laughs>
0: oh, very, very happy to hear from you So we were talking before uh, about uh, what's going on in your life. Now, Jen, you're in When Fever Breaks. What what character do you play in this movie?
1: I play Sky. She's a a young mother uh, uh, and a med student and caught in an impossible situation with some of her best friends.
0: This film I've seen more times than I've seen almost The Dark Knight. (laughs) I literally (laughs) have seen almost every single new cut of this film. We'll talk about this a little later on. But uh, what did you think – what did you feel that was different about this project opposed to a lot of other zombie films?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing that stood out for me right after the first time I read the script was how much it was about the relationships between these friends – and right. um not necessarily the evil that's outside the house of the zombies but yeah. what it's like to be in that pressure filled situation but and how that how that affects the interdynamic of of real people who haven't turned necessarily to zombies yet and how sometimes right. that can be even scarier than the dangers that are lurking outside so it was it was really interesting. It was a, it was a character based horror script, which was something that I feel like you don't see very often.
0: No, you you don't see that very often. I really loved your your relationship with 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 your sister in the film, or, or at least who plays your sister in the film, and that was very very interesting. They they always say don't ever don't ever make movies with children. And with with animals now we're finding that all to be <laughs> true, and we do have a, we do have a child uh she 's not a child anymore, but we did have a child on, yeah. on the in on the film how how was that how was how was that was that enjoyable
1: that was great she is just a, a wonderful she first of all she's a wonderful actress, yeah. and i can 't wait to see what she does as as she grows older but um she she's, she's a wonderful person too, and you know that's the thing i um i think People are scared of, of working with children and with animals because they're always more interesting and they're always there, <laughs> but that means that you, you have a lot to learn from them. Right. And so, yes, they might not be as experienced as you, but sometimes that inexperience brings such um, a wonder and an innocence that we should all look to and, and figure out how to bring to our own work. And that was something that she really did for me. It was like, she's so good at keeping things fresh and things real, and right. like helping me to ground into the situation. So I mean, I I spent the most time with her. All of our scenes were mostly together, so it, it was such an enjoyable experience.
0: That's wonderful. Well, you you come from a, a more of a theatrical background, do you not?
1: I do. Yes, I started acting. I guess really when I was like seriously when I was in high school maybe a little bit in middle school but I, I before that I was a figure skater and what I really found that I loved about figure skating was the performative aspect and that that brought me to theater and dance and then slowly I started to transition over to more film and television and the commercial world.
0: Now, you mentioned a a new theater troupe you have right now. What's going on with that? Have you been continuing on with the the plays and what have you?
1: Yes. I'm actually the artistic director of an immersive theater company called the Speakeasy Society uh, here in Los Angeles. And we've been running for about seven years. um, And we do we're trying to change the landscape of theater so that when you come and see theater, you're not just sitting back passively watching, but that you are interacting with it. You are a character in the story. The story couldn't happen without you. So that's how all of our shows take place. And we actually have a show that's running right now all through September um, called The Johnny Cycle. And uh, you, as the audience, are the main character of the show. So it's, it's almost like if you ever wanted to be the star of a film. This is almost like what it's like to go through a show like this. Except really? we not any of the pressure.
2: <laughs> There's no <laughs> need to
1: memorize any lines or worry how you'll react in the moment because everything is correct. Everything you do is correct. And we, as the actors, really help you um, through the experience. And it's really moving for, for a lot of people.
0: Now, you've been doing theater since you were very, very young.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And and then you wanted to move on to the films, or did you want to stay stay in the, uh, the theatrics?
1: I wanted to do it all. <laughs> I love theater. <laughs> of I will never ever give up on theater. Um, I think it's really important. I think live experience is very important. But I also I also really loved doing doing films. And I was living in New York City for a long time, pretty much just focused on theater. And then I made the decision to come out to L.A. to, to see if I could make a change. And, um, and it, it's been a great experience. And I really felt like I've been able to fulfill all sides of my career by being out
0: here. Well, Genevieve, that's a question I want to ask. For all the people out there named Genevieve who want to be you, you know, what, <laughs> what, what, what did give you that gumption to move out here? Because, it, it, you know, you came from Pennsylvania, right?
1: Originally, I, um, my whole family is from Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia, so I was okay. there. And then I moved to New York later. Um, okay. And later, as I got a little bit older.
0: And, and what I made just, you want to go ahead, please?
1: I just felt the drive. I, I, couldn't, hmm. I couldn't ignore it. Um, you know, once I discovered acting, um, no matter what the medium, I knew that that was the only thing that was right for me and that I couldn't ignore this desire I had to create work and to be a part of this world. And moving to New York was the first step in that. And I stayed there for a while, and I still felt like something was missing. And, and that's what drove me to come to L.A. And it's scary. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it's a big right. it's a big leap to, to make that, especially if you're coming from a small town somewhere. Right. But at, at a certain point, you know what you need to make yourself happy and you have to face that fear and just jump head first. And mm-hmm. then you, you have to keep pushing because it all takes a long time. That's the other thing. Nothing happens well, overnight, even though it looks like things happen overnight. Sometimes it, there's always years right. behind it.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to ask you with, with, with I'm pretty sure you had the mental to physical to spiritual struggles while you're going through your transition from, you know, From one place to New York to, to, to Los Angeles to, to, to not knowing where you're going to be, how did you stay positive? How did you, how, did you, how did you stay within the mind space of I can do this, I can make this happen?
1: You know, I think the most important thing is finding people who are supportive of you and who can be there when you have those dark moments and you're saying to yourself, this is never going to happen for me. Why am I doing this? I, I should just give up and go home or I should find something new to do. Um, you, you need those people that are around you who are going to say, this is not the time. This is what you've been focusing on. You need to keep moving forward, even though it's difficult. I'm here for you. And, and also I think it really helps, to, I mean, for me, one of the reasons why I love theater is because um, it, it comes with a community of people who are also interested in creating. So no, that makes sense flow in other aspects you can get together with a group of people and make something and and that's i think that's the most important part is to keep your creative juices flowing Mm -hmm. and if you're on your own and you're trying to do that all by yourself it's really challenging so for me my advice always to younger artists is to find your people find the Mm -hmm. people who love doing what you love to do who can support you whether that's you know, getting together once a week as as actors to work on scenes together, just to keep your muscles, you know, nice and your acting muscles nice and strong. Right. Or if that's trying to write a script together or produce a play or you know, whatever it is that makes you excited, don't wait for someone else to give you permission to do it. Find the people who will push you to do it in that moment.
0: Do you feel that that the, the the stage somehow um, mimics the, the the high school and college experience of people being around of like minded people that can work together and you lean on each other in hard times in order to build each other up in order to complete projects. Definitely. Okay. Definitely,
1: it's it's such an amazing atmosphere when when you find the right group of people. I mm-hmm. think that's that's really important, and it doesn't always necessarily have to be theater too I, I found that in you know uh, going to acting classes that are more for TV and film and and finding people that I really jive with and I I feel like oh yeah we like the same things and you can still find ways to to work with them in that same um, in that same way whether it's producing a web series or a short film or like I said like I've I've met people in classes and we've gotten together and kind of done our own classes, because, you know, things are expensive. <laughs> right. So some, sometimes it's, it's good to, to have ways outside uh, classes and, and things like that to, to work with each other. So even though I think it really is inherent to the theater, that sense of community, you can build that sense of community, even if you're not interested necessarily in theatrical style of acting.
0: Wow, that makes sense. Now, you, now you made one of the few breaks a little while ago and yes. as going through, through edits right now you've moved on to other projects uh, have you seen an edit of this film or have you have you seen this film put together
1: so i have not seen the newest edits the la- the only thing i've seen is the new trailer hmm. um and i will say you know it's very interesting to work on a project and then to, to as an actor you walk away from it and right. someone else is in charge right of,
3: right. of cre-
1: doing that last step of creation and uh, you know, as someone who continues to grow as an actor and work on these things and, and, and hopefully feels like they're getting better and better all the time, I was so nervous to watch the trailer because I was like, oh, what if, what if this is not, not going to live up to my, my standards now? And what if, um, what if this is just not – what if I wasn't as good as I thought I was? <laughs> but I saw the trailer, and it was really exciting. And um, I'm, I can't wait to see the, the final edit now.
0: That's amazing. I I would imagine that when the insecurities disappear, that's when the that's when the projects are turning into garbage. Uh, oh, as yeah. you know, as an artist myself, if I don't feel that sense of little sense of insecurity or fear, it always comes out to be garbage because I, I have this like over over sense of of like my own artistry. Like I've got this in the bag, when obviously I don't.
1: Yeah. I mean that's the that's the thing. I think it's perfectly natural to have to have those feelings and they push you forward and they drive you forward and if you get too comfortable sometimes and things become too easy, it's it's you you sit back too much and um you're not you're not pushing yourself to I think be the strongest performer or artist that you can be. You you need that drive, that, that right. drive to always consistently be working harder to be better to improve upon yourself we're never done we're, we're never well, done you, learning let me ask artists. you a question
0: did you get this from your from your figure skating days the the push work harder is is this where the mentality came from the competitive edge
1: i mean i definitely think i I learned a lot of discipline from figure skating <laughs> <laughs> that it's, it's a very disciplined filled Sports. and also it's you know it's a individual sport too where right. you're not working with a team so you, you do need to learn how to push yourself because when you are you know at your practice at four in the morning before you go to school and your coach isn't there yet and they're not coming for another hour it's just you out there on the ice and you need to make sure like, if you're not pushing yourself no one else is so it's a waste of time if you're just hanging out skating around in circles so I think I learned pretty quickly that you know I need to be my biggest motivator and while it's great to have cheerleaders and and people there to support you and and like I said before I think that's so important you need to be the first one to to take that that first step out there and so a lot of it comes from figure skating I've, I've brought a lot of that mentality I think into the rest of my work now.
0: I find a lot of people who are like you, who have the mindset like you, have a background in discipline, like mm-hmm. maybe ballet, martial arts, figure skating, mm-hmm. any, any kind of discipline. They have that mindset of, I need to do this on my own, and I need to do this well, uh, and by the numbers. It's uh, that's, that's interesting. Did you have anybody in your life that was a, a like a personal mentor that kind of aimed you in the right direction when you were younger, or, or did you kind of just figure this out on your own?
1: You know, it was really interesting. I've I've had a lot of mentors throughout my life who have focused on on different aspects of my artistic career. I mean, I definitely had coaches that pushed me very hard as as a figure skater. Um, I would say that the biggest challenge for me was when I was figure skating, and I knew something wasn't quite right. I knew that I was doing this this I was playing this sport, and it was my whole entire life, but there was something that was missing. And and that was a time where I really had to to go through that transition on my my own and figure out what is the missing link and figure out what I loved about figure skating and how to translate that into something new. And then from there, once I realized it was performing, um, I I had several mentors. I had a high school drama teacher who was incredibly supportive of everything that I did. Um, When I was an undergrad, I, I had a director that changed the way I thought about performance, who in, still inspires me today to make the kind of work that I do and to make the kind of groundbreaking work that I do. How how can I change the theater? He, he was the one who made me see that things don't have to stay the same. And hmm. now I think my, my biggest um, kind of mentors are my collaborators. I, I run my theater company with my husband and my best friend and it's just the three of us working together. And oh, I that's think, awesome. yeah, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, and it's challenging and it's difficult and we, we do it all together. And I, I think that we are as successful as we are and as creative as we are because we collaborate. So while I think it's important to have the drive of on your own, that has to come within, it is really important to find those people who can you can collaborate with and can push you as well?
0: Right now, you're working with your husband now. <laughs> That's tricky work. Is he an actor as well?
1: Yes. So he yes he is an actor and a director and a producer. We all, all right.
0: are. <laughs> have you ever <laughs> seen that? Do all those
1: things? Have
0: <laughs> you have you ever seen that skit on Saturday Night Live of like when when the person like the commercial for the person who marries the actor or the actress? And they have to take medication no. in order to No, you have to watch I haven't that. seen this. <laughs> it's like how to live with an actor or an actress. I didn't get the part. And then the other person takes medication so they can handle all the pressure of, that the other person feels.
1: <laughs> I, it's a I, lot when you have asked, two in one household. <laughs> that's what I
0: was gonna ask. I was gonna ask, like, how is that like to have like literally it's kinda of like having a husband and a baby in the in the same house. It's like it's like what where where does it end? <laughs>
1: It's sort it like? you know, but it's great. because it's it's challenging because there are always ups and downs. in In this world, there's a lot of rejection. It's impossible to pretend like it doesn't exist. But there are a lot of really high moments of, of when you do book things or when exciting projects come along or when you create together that that are amazing and and that obviously outweigh all of those moments of rejection. But it's nice that in those moments that you, when you are going through a tough time, maybe there was something you really wanted to do and you didn't get it, that the other person understands what that feels like and they can be supportive. And it's not just someone saying, oh, no, I understand. You know that they really understand what you're feeling. And, you know, you need to take those, that hour, that two hours to, let yourself be disappointed, maybe disappointed in yourself, upset at the world that things didn't work out, but then you need them to help you move on <laughs> because you can't stay in that place or else nothing is ever going to get better. And again, you're not going to push yourself forward to the next project. It's always about what's next, what's on the horizon. So it's, it's good to, to really feel that support and that understanding from the person hmm. that
0: you're with. I imagine so. And then I, I imagine that person would want to continually support the, your career by being at the, the premieres. So, are we going to see him at the premier, premiere of this film?
1: Well, I hope so. Here's the right. other thing I am about to have a baby. Whoa. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank <right>. you. Hey. <laughs> So that's the biggest thing happening right now, um, and uh, I'm due quite soon. So I I hope that we can both be at the premiere, but <laughs> I think there might be. One thing's more content, important but...
0: than the other right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's focus on one thing over the other real quick. <laughs> right, that's yeah. amazing. So you you know I, maybe all this comes together because you know you're a mother in the film, or well, not mm-hmm. well. You are a mother in the film. It's kind of hard yeah. to say because you're so gruff. You're, you're gruff, <laughs> but you're kind. It's kind of a strange character in that film. That I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't really seen a lot of in zombie films where you have a person that's quite that way, um, feisty yet uh, almost doesn't uh, doesn't give a guff about herself. It's just, that's not very uncommon. not very common for zombie films, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a super interesting character. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy playing. Some, and she's complex. She's, she's yeah. not simple, for sure. And she's well, how does it feel, how did it feel it to make a, a
0: zombie film and to, and to be pregnant? I mean, you're going to have a, a horror film come out. <laughs> you're just going to yeah. ask. Like, when I was pregnant, you made a zombie film? It's like,
2: well, maybe. <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> oh, we're looking forward to this film. We're looking forward to the premiere. We have Taimane on the line right now, so we're going to have a little conversation. Genevieve, thank you so much for calling today. How could, how could we reach you? How could we get in contact with you or see what you've been up to uh, on the stratosphere?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jen Um And you can also find my um, my theater company, Uh, It's called the Speakeasy Society, which we have a website, thespeakeasysociety.com, or you can find us on Instagram at Twitter at thespeakeasySoc.
0: Awesome, awesome! Thank you so much for joining us today. We we can't wait for the movie. We can't wait to hear all the great news about your childbirth. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl?
1: It's a boy. (laughs) It's
0: a boy. It's a boy. (laughs) Congratulations. We're so happy for Thank you. you. Thank you so much Thank for being on the air with us today.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you.
0: Well, have a great weekend.
1: All right. That was you Genevieve too.
0: here. All right. Let's give her a big old clap. Oh, wonderful. All right. Let's get some feel. Hey. I want to work with Angel one more time as I bring on the great Ryan T. Usk. Uh, as much as I love that song, we have our new guest right now, Ryan T. Husk. We're going to bring him on in here. Uh, Ryan's been on several, several things before, and we want him to explain himself. Hey, Ryan. Incredible Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Good, hey, good friend. How are you doing? Doing just fine. Thanks very much. That was
4: a cool song.
0: I agree. that <laughs> song. You know, last week we were talking a little bit about you. I had Doug Jones on the episode. And we're talking about a little about no about way, you and, yeah. I had Doug Jones on. We're talking about the fifth passenger and things like that. It was really nice.
4: Yeah, he also did that uh, Nosferatu thing, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was one of the people who casted that. Uh, was, exactly, was,
4: that's what I thought the connection was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the connection between us is, is is very strong in the force. So right, we yeah. were talking a little bit, Ryan, about your uh, your career. Your career is not only sparking off, but it's, it's exploding. I mean, you don't, you don't have a shortage uh, of things that you're doing and doing uh, in Hollywood at all uh, from, you know, theme park Thursdays for producing to, you know, the dark zone. I mean, you're, you're just all over the place, not all over the place, but you're really just burrowing through. Tell me, how are you doing?
4: You know, I'm doing just fine. Thanks very much. And uh, just to uh, finish touching upon Doug Jones, um, that's when he and I met on set of space command, that hmm. was kind of um, what is it like maybe 2015 that or uh, yeah, 2014 or 15. That was kind of when my career really started taking off a bit more. Uh, previously wow. I was acting, I'd been acting for a few years and I was really, <clears throat> you know, the, the typical starving actor in Hollywood. Hmm. And then a few months prior to meeting Doug, I just kind of fell into doing a little bit of production work. And, you know, I felt like it was just a good thing if you can get uh, involved in the right kind of production, then really, if you do it in almost any kind of capacity, it's good for you. You know, a lot of people say, well, yeah, I'm just an actor. Why would I want to be a PA or a coordinator or a producer or something like that? You know, it's just being in the right place at the right time. And so I started doing that. And then a few months later, I just came on as an assistant on a space command and Hmm. Doug and I met there and I had no idea who he was, you know, shamefully. And uh, so the, the funny thing was when he and I were working and running lines and I was kind of helping him on set and, uh, you know, anyway, doing just a lot of little things. And uh, I was watching him. And after the first scene that we shot, I was like, you know, you're doing a really good job. Like I was kind of blown away. And uh, you know, I was telling him what a what a great job he was, what he was doing, and uh, he in the nicest possible way because he's the nicest human I've ever met. He kind of said, "Yeah, I know, kid. I'm 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 a pretty good actor." <laughs> had, I had no idea. I had no idea that he was like a big deal. You know, I was just like I was right. trying to compliment him, saying like, "Keep up the good work, dude. You're gonna make it somewhere." You know, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I, you should look me up." Pretty much.
0: Anyway. You know, when, I, let me tell you my story. When I first met him, I, I actually did not know a lot about him myself, even though he's been part of my mm-hmm. childhood, you know, Matt guy and all that other stuff. I, yes. I'm a, a gigantic fan of Guillermo del Toro. And mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, The Devil's Backbone. I've seen all of his films. And as soon as I saw Doug Jones in one of his films, that's when I started falling in love. I'm like, whoa, that's that this is a special relationship. And as it carried Mm -hmm. through, that's what made me fall in love with Doug Jones. It was very interesting that he was already part of my past, already part of the love sphere of of like the art that I liked already. But he wasn't necessarily the person I was aiming at. It just ended up being the person that, that we became friends with. He's such a, like you said, he's such a kind person. And like you said last week, you know, he makes everybody feel like they're friends. And it's really hard to hold on to those relationships. But he does make you feel very, very special when he's with you
4: he does, he has that kind of a way about him where every single person, every single interaction, he gives it 100% of his heart and 100% of his goodwill and he does make everybody feel special and I remember a, a couple times I've invited him to sets just to say hello, you know, just, you know if he happens to be in the area, come by my set you know, now that I'm producing, when you're a producer you can do that, which is a great, a great fun thing to do and he's like he does this thing where it seems like Santa Claus just came to set. Like suddenly all the crew (laughs) looks like they look like they just saw Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Like he shows up and they're like, Oh my God, it's that guy. And he's so nice. And he's so loving. And he's so positive. And I used to like to watch when he would walk away, he would leave a wake of like smiles and wonder, you know, like they would look at him I swear, like they were seven year olds who, who had just seen Santa Claus and that's just kind of what makes him special, more so than being even, you know, the, the fact that he's supremely talented, but also just that he he really is the nicest guy I've met in L.A.
0: Yes. Yes, he's a, he's, he's a very sweet. Now, he was on The Fifth Passenger with you as well, was he not?
4: Yeah, that's right. I, I cast him in, in that as well. Um, and, of course, you know. He had a busy cool. schedule. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like a 16-day thing, you know. It was, it was one of the, the smaller roles, so we, he was able to squeeze it in. And right. you know, of course, he was phenomenal. And, and, and he and I got to share a scene together, which was the first time we'd actually shared a scene as, as two actors. In the past, you know, I'd been, I'd like produced something that he was in or whatever, but um, right. it was really fun for he and I to uh, to work together on a scene and kind of leave the door open in case we want to do a sequel. So that would be great.
0: Well, I'm loving seeing you in all these sci-fi roles. I mean, you're just making the sci-fi roles uh, look short-handed. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if there's any more room for any other actors to take part in any of these films anymore. <laughs> you're doing so. You're doing so many things. but the interesting thing is media is that there is so much media to watch, but when you really mm-hmm. draw it down, there's not a gigantic amount of media that's good. What I, what I did about the fifth Passengers, is I did like I liked it. Like these independent. Films like, I don't know, Renegade or, or, you know, uh, I I don't know. I've seen a bunch of your films myself, Blade of Honor. Uh, A a lot of these things, they come out a little truer. A lot like the classic Alien. Remember classic Alien with Ridley Scott and that was an independent horror film? absolutely And it was a sci-fi film and it really blew everything up. That's what I'm feeling now with these new independent sci-fi and horror films. I'm starting to see this creativity that really wasn't there for such a long time. Do you feel the same way?
4: Well, yeah, and the the reason that's happening, I don't know if that's so much a, a, as much of a, an artistic awakening that's going on right now, but I think it's, it's due to the technology that we've now got to where these people, these writers, these producers, these actors that normally, you know, 10, 15, 30 years ago wouldn't have gotten a shot because there was only one way to do it. You know, you audition, you send in your resume, whatever. Now people can... You know, save up a few bucks. They can do something on Kickstarter. They can rent some equipment. You know, it, it doesn't have to be recorded on film. Now they can do it digitally. And suddenly the, the world is at everybody's fingertips. So if somebody is super creative and they're not getting a shot, you know, from the big production companies or they're a great actor, but they're just not uh, getting those roles through auditions, now they can kind of start making their own content. And that begs a, a shout out for uh, Scott Baker. Scott Breaker right. was the creator he was the creator of Fifth Passenger. And he's generally a, a career camera department steady cam guy. He's the best steady cam guy I know. So I always have him on set as a steady cam or any kind of camera operator. But he also, you know, does some directing and producing. Fifth Passenger was his baby. And uh, he really and, and he was influenced by Ridley Scott's alien, a hundred percent. Like that was the, wow. his biggest influence there, I believe. So uh, when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, that's a perfect tie-in. And then he and Morgan Luria, who's an actress, and she played the lead, they kind of right. got together. And together, they would kind of tinker with the script and, and rewrite it um, until it was what they felt was perfect. And then they brought me on uh, later on, and we made a movie. And I just think that those two, Morgan Liria and Scott Baker, just deserve all the kudos in the world because – Every, anybody can make an independent film but it's really hard to make a good independent sci-fi film because sci-fi is expensive and those two you know accomplish something very big and, and you know, it's, it's admirable that they're able to do that so i just want to give them a shout out
0: well that's great and yeah, i appreciate that you know when i look at your resume i see a, a, like a 90 sci-fi and then a little bit <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> and when the fever breaks, yeah. that's, that's where I ask you, what, what made you make that kind of leap?
4: Well, when the fever breaks um, and it's true, I'm a, I'm a big dork and I love sci-fi and I do tons of sci-fi and, and that's most of the people that call me are sci-fi related because of it. But right. when the fever breaks was also because of something I'd done previously that was sci-fi, I'd met Tymane Clay our uh, writer, director, producer, who, by the way, everybody loves. And if you don't love him, I don't want to know you. Um, <laughs> and uh, he and I had worked previously on on a fan film called Trek Wars. Ah. So that's how I got brought on. I, I still remember exactly where I was at the gym and what machine I was doing. I was at the 24-Hour Fitness in the Sherman Oaks Galleria, and I was doing a back and bicep machine. And he was just texting me, and he said, can I send you a script? I've got a role that, you know, you might be good for. And of course I said, yes, because in this business um, if there's a director or producer that you trust, it's, you know, pretty much the most important thing. And timing is a director slash producer that I trust. So when I, when he says, I've got a role for you, I pretty much can just say yes without mm. having to read the script or without knowing. Now, of course, I'm going to read the script, but I, you know, I trust him inherently, you know? And right. so that's how I came on. There really wasn't a tough decision. There wasn't, you know, I wasn't one out of a thousand people auditioning. It was Time wrote a great script. By the way, great screenwriting. He's a, he's a good writer. He's a, he's he a very a writer. good writer. And yeah. I don't mean to sound surprised, but everybody's got a script and most of them are not good. I'm a good writer. (laughs) And, uh, so, uh, that's how, that's how it came about. He just called me and, or texted me and we kind of went from there and he sent the email and I was like, I'm in whatever I got to do. I'm in.
0: That's awesome. Have you seen any of the cuts yet?
4: I've seen, uh, yes, but this was quite a while ago. I'm kind Mm -hmm. of, uh, unless, unless I'm needed to give notes or to, you know, add some things I kind of want to hold off and and wait and just watch it when it's ready.
0: Can you you tell us anything about your character in the film?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Dean, Uh, if I remember correctly, Dean is, uh, he's an ex football quarterback type. So he, he's got a good moral compass. He's not a, he's not an extreme character like, He didn't, I I didn't read him to be, you know, extremely intelligent or extremely angry or extremely timid or extremely funny. You know, he's just kind of like a regular dude, you know, a regular American dude who played football and now he doesn't anymore. And, and, you know, he loves his girlfriend. He, he loves his friends. He's got a, a good moral compass and he's just trying to, you know, get through life day by day doing the best he can. And, and, that was actually kind of part of the challenge with playing dean that was that was my biggest challenge was stripping out these extreme aspects of things because in the past you know i play an alien like in star trek stuff i'll play like a romulan or a klingon and they're extreme type characters or in other things I, i play like a villain like a creepy villain or in comedies i play like you know, the, the wacky neighbor or something extreme, somebody really loud or somebody really stupid or something like that, which wasn't that tough. And with this kind of character, I didn't have any of those extreme aspects to hang on to, to cling on to. Those are kind of safety nets, you know, as an actor, Right. if right. a director says this guy is insane, you're like, okay, I can act insane or this guy's really nervous. I can act nervous. But what if this guy is just a regular guy? How do you make a regular guy interesting? And those are the kind of things that that great actors do so easily but for me it was it was a little tough but it was uh it was a lot of fun because I think it stretched me a little bit as an actor to you know take away all of these extreme aspects and still try to present it in an interesting manner and let the personality come through so that's that was the fun of playing playing dean honestly he was just kind of like the guy that uh people can see the movie through his eyes because he was he's kind of like the vessel people can see see themselves in because he's a regular dude you know
0: the regular guy Mm -hmm. oh we're looking forward to seeing you in this film right now we have the trailer coming out today at one o'clock in the afternoon so we're looking forward to that timing or not timing Right, I'm gonna have Timmy on next. Ryan, Ryan, tell I me. Can do
4: a pretty mean timing impression. It, but <laughs> I won't.
0: <laughs> but, well, but we won't do that right now. We got the sucker yeah. on the phone right now, so might as well just talk to him. <laughs> but I, I, how can how can we 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 reach the incredible Ryan T. Husk?
4: Well, uh, for me, honestly, you can just Google my name, Ryan T. Husk. And whatever social media or whatever platform you want to use, it's all going to pop up. Just Google Ryan T. Husk. If you want to find me on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is you're looking for, that's, that's the easiest way to
0: find me. Or on television. It's not like you don't have a shortage of projects.
4: Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah I'll, actually be, I'll actually be at uh, Bakersfield Collector Con. That's a, I'll be a guest there in two weeks. So anybody in the Central Valley area of california if you just want to go to bakersfield two weeks from today september 14th and 15th or 13th and 14th i believe it is i'll be a guest nice. there you can come to my table and say hello
0: nice bakersfield collectors con yeah thank you so much ryan Thanks so much for coming on sure. today i greatly appreciate it i do want to ask you one last question before we take off though because i didn't get a chance Absolutely. to do this and I, I did ask Genevieve the same question there must have been time how's, in your life. Go ahead.
4: How's Genevieve? How's Genevieve doing, by the way? I haven't spoken to her. She's in a doing while. great. By the way, everybody, at, everybody at home, Genevieve is a phenomenal actress, and it was an absolute pleasure working with her. You know, we play. You know, I I play against her, or she and I are a couple, and uh, you know, you always hope that it's somebody great, or it's somebody you get along with, or somebody cool. Right. And she was one of the best people I've ever worked with because nice. you know she's a consummate professional. She's a sweet human being. She's caring. She's really intelligent. You know, she's one of those people you can talk to and she just kind of focuses in and listens and, she was great, so I uh, just want to give a shout out to Genevieve. I'm glad she's doing well. Uh, anyway, what was your question? Oh, she's
0: she's uh, she's pregnant. She's going to have her baby very soon. Her husband and uh-huh. she are doing a, a a theater together. She she sounds very happy. But my question my yeah. question to you what was this? Uh, the same question I asked her. You know, you must. Have Sort of depression, bodies, spiritual, mentally. When you come out to L.A. and when you're doing this work, and we're kind of slacking behind or moving forward, confusion sometimes. What did you do personally in order to handle that kind of pressure or that kind of depression or that kind of anxiety? So, so for for the next uh, Ryan DeHaas coming to L.A., they know how to handle it. or They know how to, for, to force feed it to themselves.
4: I see. Uh, that's an interesting question. Let me go back. Um... Well, <clears throat> I initially moved to L.A. as a musician. I had hmm. no dreams or hopes or wishes or wants to be an, an actor or anything to do with acting or producing or, or film in any way. So I moved wow. to L.A. as a musician. Um, I got a house in North Hollywood with a friend of mine. I got a, I put together a band room and I was, you know, putting together new bands because I had bands from in uh, Northern California. I was from San Jose and I'd played in some. Some bands so there wasn't a ton of pressure for me at that point because i i had already had relatively successful rock band so i was just doing it again and it was just tons of fun and i had a couple friends from northern california that moved down a little later so suddenly it was like hey man i got i got buddies down here i'm taking uh classes at the local community college to get my music going and it wasn't until you know, way later on in life, that uh, I just kind of got dragged into a theater class, and it turned out that acting was fun, and so I kept the class and it just kind of went from there so for me that that pressure never really hit, but hmm. some some of the pitfalls are that I would say you just have to really keep yourself busy, you know you have to just keep going and problem that a lot of people face is you know say for example an actor they sit on that couch and they wait and they Hmm. wait for that phone to ring and they wait for this and they wait for that and you've got to be proactive and i think people are getting better about that with with youtube and with short films just go out there and just say yes just say yes go to events if somebody wants to cast you in something say yes if if somebody says hey i need a a pa on my set don't say like well i'm not a pa well, are you doing anything Saturday? No. Well then go, go fucking be a PA man. But what's the worst that could happen? I mean, chances are if you work hard and people like you, um, it's going to get you three more jobs because they're going to say, Oh, you're an actor, huh? Well, I'm producing this thing next week. You'd be perfect for it. And that was, that was the best thing that ever happened to me was when I just started taking production jobs because every job I did got me three more jobs. And every acting gig I did got me three more jobs. And it doesn't matter if if you're taking a, a non-paying job. Don't act like it's non-paying. Work your ass off. People will realize your value. And then they will offer you more jobs. And then sometimes they'll be like, I can't do my next production without you. And that's when you could say, okay, well, here's my rate. So I would say just, just say yes. Do jobs you wouldn't normally think that you were going to do and it'll keep you busy and you'll be very you'll be very wanted and highly sought after if you just show up on time bring a very good attitude work your hardest and and be organized I would say stay organized because a lot of people's stress comes from disorganization and if you're organized and you have your your schedule mapped out and you've got a list of to-do's uh, it really eliminates a lot of stress. You're just knocking out the to-dos a- as you go, and it feels good.
0: Right. Thank you for sharing that information. That was incredible information for all those people out there <laughs> that need to know, have a positive attitude and actually know what to do. It's very, very good right. stuff. Thank you, Ryan, very much for joining us today, giving us all your information. We're looking forward to seeing When the Fever Breaks and you, see you in it, also your future projects as well.
4: Hey, thanks very much. I really appreciate it. Tell uh, Ty Mayne I said hi. I missed that guy. He and I got to connect, but we live so far away. So uh, next <laughs> time I'm in
0: the Anaheim area, I'll I'll go say hello. Absolutely. And, and we'll most likely see you at the premiere. So that'll be fun. Everybody, this is Ryan Looking T. Husk. To. Please call in, give us some information, call us up and ask us any questions or, or just uh, if you want to leave a message. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a great day. Thanks, Steve. Talk soon. That's incredible Ryan T. Huss calling us up, giving us his, his time and energy, I can hardly speak. <laughs> uh, practice, practice, practice. All right, let's listen to a new song here, "Child of Light." I love this one. This is from the video game "Child of Light," by the way. You can get it for about fourteen dollars off your Xbox, your PS4, your PC. Beautiful, even better soundtrack. Give it, give it a listen to. So how did you like that? Child of Light. Love Child of Light. Great game. Xbox, PS4, PC. Get it for the game, get it for the soundtrack, or just buy the soundtrack called Child of Light. It was great talking to Genevieve um, Gearhart. It was great talking to Ryan T. Husk. Um, We have a lot of viewers on today. Thank God we did not lose a lot of viewers. Surprisingly, we're very popular in Germany, which I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to call in, uh, please call in at 515-602-9609. I can say Sie Deutsch. Uh, that's about all the German I can do. We have the great Taimane Clay on. Taimane Clay is the writer, producer, and director of When the Fewer Breaks. He's going to come on right now, and he's going to tell us all about this fantastic movie, the great people that are in it, and what they're up to now. <laughs> yep, that's for Tommy. I mean. That's for I mean. Thank you, guys. All
2: right, settle down. <laughs>
3: How you doing, Timmy? I'm doing pretty well, yourself.
0: I'm doing great, thank you, man. So we got "When the Fever Breaks" coming out very soon, huh?
3: Yes, we do. Uh, oh. It's been a little bit of a long journey, but it, we're we're at the finish line right now, and it's looking great. Um, I'm happy with it. I that you know, we tested a little bit. Everyone seems happy with it, so yeah, it's we're, we're all proud of yeah. this project.
0: You know, this movie reminds me a lot of of the the old African uh, saying, which is, if you want to go sh- a short distance, you know, go alone. If you want to go a long distance, go with go with a group. And uh, this movie yeah. reminds me of that that it it pays off by having your group and by 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 not coming out just just yet just a little bit longer. Why is it that it was delayed just a little, little bit of time there? Does that mean?
3: A couple of reasons. Um, one reason was that uh, – one of the bigger reasons was that when we did the film, my wife was pregnant. Uh, hmm. She was pregnant during pre – she was pregnant during production. And as uh, most women and some men do know, that sometimes you go through postpartum afterwards. Right. And – and because of that, you know, I had to make a decision. I could right. be there for the family, or I could be there and for the film. And I chose family first because work right. will wait. work will still be there. Uh, right, right. right. On me, So it's gonna be there. Right, <laughs> right. right.
2: So, <laughs> so
3: I chose family. Made sure that you know we uh, we went through the depression and we came out through it. And then once we were all good again, again. Then I had to go through the film. But of course, during that time everyone has moved off to different directions and onto other projects. So we had to pull people back here and there, work around the time schedule, and we started grabbing everybody, grabbing my group again because I like my group. And then uh we had to grab a new uh post people that got from my group and so we moved that on and and made it happen.
0: Well t- tell me. How did this movie begin? Uh, how did it begin in the writing process? Now, you and your wife wrote this
3: project together, right? Correct. We wrote this uh, together. How, um, go ahead.
0: Go, go, on, go ahead, please.
3: Oh, we wrote this together. Um, we wrote this together. We basically it basically came upon... We were thinking about doing... Cause my, my wife, number one, is phenomenal. She, because uh, for those who don't know, I've been... It's funny. I've been um, married... Uh, three times and one of the reasons behind it has been because unfortunately a lot of people cannot live through people who are in the film life it's almost like being married to a cop to some degree except for a cop you know you're in constant danger and they're afraid of that for film you're in constant pressure of failure and there's a, people are afraid of that and people are worried about stuff so the uh First, I guess, two wives, if you will, couldn't hang with that type of situation. So they left. My wife, before she even became my wife, she came out with a diagram. She goes, this is how we're (laughs) going to make this movie. She goes, like, we're going to save money here, and this is money here. going to go to the uh, the wedding. And this here, after that, we're going to send the money here. This is going to go to the film. So we we have to do the wedding 2013, we're to do the film in 2014. and And then she was going down the list of what we do. She had a whole group plan. All I had to do was, like, yes, honey. "Yes, honey. Yes, honey." You were.
0: You, this reminds me of my, my favorite saying: "Behind every powerful man is a woman who thinks he's an idiot." <laughs>
3: yeah, but just, she had it down. So she she walked it down, and then so when we were on, we were on. We were we were on the go. We were having, and we started moving very fast, very quickly on a lot of That's different awesome. stuff. And then we started checking. And then what happened was, unfortunately, um, my mom developed cancer. And, um, and it made us pull back a little bit and think about how do we feel about that. And so it made us transfer some of our feelings. And then we wrote a script filling that. But, of course, you know, we're not writing a direct-to-direct relationship script filling that. So we transfer certain elements from, like, cancer, zombie virus, Mm. Uh, Relationships. Like weird. Relationship, how do we feel about that? How do you feel when you know somebody's going to die? If they, is there hope? Is there no hope? And then we translated that to when the people break. Mm. And and that's what became. Now, fortunately, my mom was well. She she was in remission. She's doing well right now. She just saw both her grandkids just a couple of months ago or happy as a slam, um, being her regular self. But that's what developed the story. So this story right. has a very, Personal attachment to me because of that factor. <laughs>
0: wow, that, that is that is powerful. Now it, it's going through a re-editing process right now. And who is the new editor? His name is uh, Scott. Was it? What's his name? Scott
3: Zimmerley, Scott Zimmerley Oh, that's Singer. right.
0: Oh. And we call great. him
3: Great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I've seen.
2: I, I've seen. <laughs>
0: Well, you've given me the pleasure of seeing uh, one of the rough cuts, and I really appreciate that. Um, so, h- how are you feeling about the new editing process and how it's coming along?
3: I love it. I think it's doing very, very well. I think uh, I look at it, and it's like it's funny because you get the, because if you even you have done some stuff, it's like you have a child you have a child eye to things. You'd be like, "Wow, did I do that?" Really? <laughs> um, and you'd be like, and, and you'd be amazed, and you'd just be like, and you know he, he, you know, he brought it to life to help you bring it to life. But it's almost right. like, wow, no. this is good. And I'm not just saying it because my name is one, because usually, there's some people who don't, who don't know a lot of uh, people, we don't say it's good. We say we notice all the mistakes that we've done on our right. film, on our film, all right. that stuff. This is Why a lot of people don't go to their own films? We do not want to shoot <laughs> <see> that. <mistake. laughs> we know that. We, we know that. We don't you <laughs> know. But,
2: um, but I looked at it well, and I was like,
3: "This is really good," um, yeah. and I was I was happy with it. I was like. This has come so far along. This is like I really felt like, you know, he did a miracle worker because not to say my not to say that I think I did a bad job, but right. I noticed all the mistakes before, and now I do not notice the mistakes.
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, hey, me, so put I mean, put, put the mic closer to your mouth, please. So, so okay. it's basically it's basically going to a restaurant and having somebody else serve you a dinner. What's great about that is you get to scream at somebody else when they screw up your steak. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. And and I will admit, you know, it had it had gone through so, a couple of chefs. Because of certain yeah. issues, but it had right. a couple of shots for my chef to make our steak very well done. Oh, I think,
0: I know, I think, I think it looks beautiful. I think it's very well done. And from from what I've seen, I've seen it now at least what twenty four times. I think we've you and I have gone <laughs> through through those sections so many damn times, you know, it drives people crazy. But each time it does come out a little bit better, you know. And mm-hmm. I remember when we were doing the editing processes, it it, it reminded me a lot of those Marvel movies. Can you imagine having like five producers on a film giving five different production notes on editing? I mean, that must be just be a nightmare. That just might oh, that just seems like a nightmare to me.
3: Oh yeah, especially for the editor when he goes, which note am I supposed to take?
0: Uh... Right. Who should I take seriously? <laughs> I love I love your notes with 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 you you and our producer, and uh, those were just fantastic. It just seemed like anybody else adding on to that would would be. Uh, would be interfering how do you feel about those editing processes and, and how it came along and how do you feel like the movie is progressing now
3: i feel like the editing process i mean it came along well i feel like um with because we like actually we found the right editor and and he worked and he worked very very well um with us and he performed miracles in certain elements um, and we and when we gave notes to him, he was very fast. Miracle, I to look at mean he's a fast turnaround. Like you go know for somebody who can do it fast, he's it. I hate saying that because I don't want anybody poaching him. But,
2: right, right.
3: But, but at the same time, he deserves it. So, but, uh, <laughs> but he um, he is fast at the turnaround. I was so surprised. I'm him. I'm I'm like okay. I sent him notes that maybe a day or two ago. On the third day, Chris is like, so did you see the note? Chris, who's our other producer, she's like. Did you see the new uh, cut yet? I'm like, what? We can it. We can't have two ago. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? He dropped it early in the morning, 8 a.m. I'm like, oh, good. I got it. Let me do my part now. <laughs> <at the> <laughs> I felt like I had to, like, I felt like it's almost funny because, you know, usually you, usually, for those of those, sometimes you jump on the editor, like, okay, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I felt like he was on me. i like, okay, hurry up the notes. Cause I already gave you a cut back. I- you, I ping ponged that back to you two days ago. <laughs> and you're, okay,
2: so
3: you guys like, reading it real fast, watching it real fast, putting your notes in, talking to your producer, making sure your notes match each other, and then you sending it to him. And that's <laughs> another thing we like to do too. We don't like to uh, give three different notes to the uh, to the editor. We bundled right. our notes together, and so by right. the time we're done, he gets one note. We already discuss right. whatever we thought of. He gets one note going back to him. Right. So recommit it to that process because because that, yeah, that's too much of a, you know, strain. And, you, and it kills the creative flow in my mind. If you have too many things, you don't know which thing to do. You think about one thing and how you're going to do that one thing
0: well. Well, we've got some great things coming out today. We have the new trailer coming out today at 1 o'clock. Am I right?
3: Yes, you do. Yes,
0: we do. We have literally 5,000 people listening right now. Uh, how in the world are we going to go see that trailer? Where, where should we go?
3: Um, it should if you put in, if you type in "When the People Breaks" trailer, it should pop up, and okay. then you should be able to watch it on YouTube. Um, and When it's a phenomenal the Fever Breaks
0: YouTube trailer, okay? Mm-hmm.
3: It's it'll be um it's not it's it's right now it's private but we're gonna unlock it so <laughs> so everybody <laughs> can see it. <laughs> um, and then, and then uh, it would be a phenomenal trailer. He, and our editor did that trailer as well. Sometimes you hire two different people to do two different things. Sometimes you hire right. an edit, uh, uh, editor trailer to do an edited trailer and a film person do the film, trailer, the film shoot, the film cut. But he did both, and he did right. an amazing job. And this would be a little, it's a little bit of a sample of what you expect to see for the movie, both from the story element and from – the way he, the way he puts things together. So, it, he did a phenomenal job. I, nice. I was, I, I again was blown away. And I played that trailer at least a hundred times. I mean, it already got too many. Uh I played a hundred times in Vimeo, and I played it at least ten times on YouTube. So <laughs> it, already <got> <laughs> it already has a hundred views already on it. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> no, it's no, tell me. But it got, it got views. <laughs>
0: No no the movie got accepted into a festival, did it not?
3: Yes. It, yes, it did. It got accepted to the Show Low Film Festival.
0: And right.
3: um we were very happy and proud about that because um yeah, it was one of the first festivals we submitted to and they got accepted and and my producer kept telling me that is very unusual because you used to have to go through several festivals before you get accepted to even one. Right. And we got accepted right away. So it I guess it showed how much they liked the film, um, and I was happy to I was happy that they did, and I will be going to Arizona on it on October I think 17th through the 20th is when they do the festival, and nice. it's in Arizona, and and for those who don't for those who know me they know I hate heights, so it's on a mountain, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. And I was like but I'm gonna be, but I'm gonna be happy to go, with you, of course, and I'm gonna love it, I'm sure. But I'm always a person who doesn't like going to the mountains and, and flying. I'm using my, I'm using my kid who's a baby right now, uh, my six-month-old <laughs> girl. say, I can't fly for two years because to visit you guys, because you know she's six months old and she needs to be two years old before she can fly again. So, right, I you can't can fly and stuff. <laughs> but I will be there for the. Uh, but uh, a Sholom <laughs> Film Festival, and I'd be happy to see anybody who wishes to come with, come. So it's it's great. It's a great it's a great honor.
0: I'm sure we can get a group together and make it down there, Arizona. That's it's it's certainly not New York, but it'd be really nice to see that up there on the big screen. There's gonna be so many festivals coming out right now that that I know the film's gonna be part of. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward yeah. to that. Tell me, what what are you looking forward to f- the most about this film and its release?
3: For me. I'm always the person who, when I watch film, even when I watch film, that's not mine and everything like that. I always have to see the audience reaction. I have to see the audience is having a good time. And so for me personally, I just want everybody who watches the film to have a good time. I want them to be moved and the parts that will be moved, be entertained, uh, to have a good experience. If, they, if, if I can get the audience to have a good experience, then as far as I'm concerned, it's a victory. You know, the money, obviously the money, money, you always want to get some money back and everything, but the money is just icing on the cake. But I want the cake, which is the audience having a good time and feeling good. That this was a good, you know, this was a good product. And hopefully our hard work translates enough to an enjoyable film that they could all enjoy. Cause we had a Mm -hmm. lot of people who did a lot of hard work and I have to commend all of them from all my actors. Um, and to my crew, I have to really commend them all. You know, we have um, people like Nick Restinger who did the makeup. He now also, by the way, uh, you might have seen some of his work, because he also is on a TV series, Dark Crystal. He, he's one of the people who do the help the makeups and the puppeteering of that stuff,
4: oh, uh, Dark Crystal.
3: Eh? Yeah. Crystal. So, you know, you got that, you have, you know, Great actors like Ryan T. Husk, you can see him on almost anything sci-fi these days. Uh, yeah. Just pick a sci-fi thing: Orville, uh, Star Trek Discovery. He he, podcasts a producer and he's producing now his own stuff and he's directed. I mean, he he's everywhere. And this type of sci-fi, you should see a picture of Ryan T. Husk come up. <laughs> he's like Disney. Mickey Mouse, Disney has Mickey Mouse. Sci-fi has Ryan T. Husk. Double <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, before we before we go, my friend, you know, Mm -hmm. we we talked we talked a little bit about, you know, postpartum depression and and a lot of different deep, deep issues. If you were to look back at your old self before the three marriages, before all that stuff before the films, what kind of advice would you give yourself to, to maybe not not stop certain things from happening, but teach yourself how to handle it a little differently?
3: I would say it's funny because I would I've always asked myself that question on you know, like you know what could I have done differently because here's the thing I have friends who are a little bit more to some degree ahead than I am like one of my mm-hmm. friends I would say friends slash colleagues we kind of felt kind of out of touch a little bit but we still I mean we maintain contact but we don't do it as regular he do he did a little bit of a movie which you might know of it's called The Arrival <laughs> oh with Amy yes. Adams. So yes. he wrote that movie. So, you know, I have other friends who's like friend on a comedy show, uh, God me. So I see that and I sometimes go, you know, and I ask myself sometimes, you know, what could I have done to and I'm happy for them, make no mistake. I don't feel any jealousy or anything. I'm happy for them. But I always go, What can I, do, what could I have done to make so I could have been closer to there with them? You know, instead of where I, I feel like I felt I was moving a little slower than they are. And then my answer to that is, you know what, nothing, because if I didn't do everything just the way I've done it, I wouldn't have two precious kids, mm-hmm. a wonderful one. All these learning lessons were critical for me to be where I'm at right now, doing what I am. So I learned that I'm going, I wouldn't tell myself anything. I would tell myself just to, you know, hang in there because it gets better and better. Right. That's what I would tell myself. That's all I would tell myself. And I like that. And him yeah. do what he needs to do so he can be, get to where I'm at right now and then just enjoy the journey as it continues.
0: Hmm. Well, fantastic. I, I loved having you on the show. I love talking about this movie. Now, do, you, do, you have a, do we have a release date? Now, I know you said October is going to show at the festival. So right. I imagine that it would be released somewhat after that.
3: We're, um, we're looking into that part right there because we're trying to see, because from my understanding, if you release, you can't do no more festivals. So right. we're going to go to the festival market first, and then we're going to release. Um, we're gonna do a, we will do a private screening, though, for, mm-hmm. uh, for people uh, who you know, obviously worked on the film and a few others. It will be a private screening. But we're holding up on the release until after we do done the festival circuit, and then we will release and make it happen for everybody. We will announce it (laughs) as loud as we can.
0: Tameen, how can we reach you? How can we find you? We want to look you up on on everything. How can we do that?
3: Um, Usually, if you go to – fortunately, my name is Unique. if you go to and Clay, type in and Clay on Facebook, my name will pop up. Uh, I have two Facebook pages, so therefore I will, both of them will pop up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You can reach me that way as well. If you um, wish to email me for any particulars, you can reach me at tyman.clay at gmail.com. So I'm available. Nice. So, yeah, I'm available anywhere. Uh, So, yeah. I'm very, nice. I'm very
0: easily
3: visible, as uh, has have well, proven
0: before. <laughs> as a quick story, so we're looking, a quick, we're, Oh wait. No, quite we're, we're very much looking forward to seeing the trailer, and we're very much looking forward to seeing the film, especially in, in, in the festival circuit. Uh, a lot of, a lot of my, a lot of my audience loves the festival circuit, and we also have a gigantic audience in Arizona, so that's going to be amazing. Be great to see uh, some great fans out there of yours. Um, oh yeah. All right, Ty Mane. That, that, that's us, bud. Anything else you want to share with us about uh, about When the Fever Breaks?
3: Um, nothing, but just keep your eyes open at 1 p.m. because we will be showing the uh, world premiere trailer on it. So keep your eyes open Fantastic. and enjoy. hope everybody enjoys.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Taimane. Thank you for joining us today. We can't wait for that trailer to pop on here. That's Taimane Clay, everybody. <laughs> oh. Thank you. So my hey, friend. Yes, I love this song. A wonderful song. I've always been a gigantic fan. Well, everybody, that's our show for today. I really appreciate you listening to Cinephiles Radio here with your host, Steve Pisa. Get ready for next week when we have... How Redneck is a... world-renowned and, and uh, really respected uh, commenteer, commenter, journalist, and what have you. And I'll be honest, we have a short view of, of really great pop culture journalists these days. It seems like we have a lot of them, but they're really regurgitating information, opposed to what I believe how Redneck does, which is really just give his own personal what we consider pop nerd opinion, which is my opinion as well. God, what a great show We have Genevieve Gearhart Congratulations on the pregnancy Congratulations on the baby We can't wait to see your boy Thank you for bringing Arden to our lives, Jen We have Ryan T. Husk How great is Ryan, man? Ryan is a great guy, huh? You just let him talk And he just goes on And it's not like it's nonsensical He knows what to say very nice guy, knows Doug Jones very well, knows Ty Mayne Clay very well, speaks very highly of everybody, has a very positive attitude I can't think of anything negative to say about that man at all great guy Tymaine Clay, have you ever met anybody so honest? that guy just spills everything out puts it out there on the plate and allows you to ingest it those are the kind of people that I appreciate I appreciate the kind of people who tell you exactly you know, how they feel and what they've been through, and That's incredible. And for a director and a writer of his caliber to be that way, that's amazing. It reminds me a lot of Taiga Waititi where you allow your inner self to be your outer self. You know, I remember when I did my film War Baby, he came out and he helped me out in the snow. He said he ate at height. This was awesome. And Cole. And he still came out. He helped me out. How he long's my camera. What a great, great guy. I'm still looking forward to when the fever breaks. Sorry. Right. Eddie need Ryan Team Husk. Sean Pacino. Several other people in like there. Congratulations to the crew and the cast. We have a nice long Labor Day weekend. What I want you guys to do is just enjoy yourself. Have fun, eat some hot dogs, if you're vegetarian, eat vegan dogs. It's Labor Day. Give thanks to the people before us who sacrificed their lives so we can enjoy a day with our family. Let's just be honest with each other. And if you're going to watch anything, go watch The Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal is amazing. 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 Probably the best thing I've seen on television since Battle Galactica, the Good place, lost, modern family, probably probably in that caliber of quality of show. amazing. Thank you everybody out there for giving me the opportunity to have my show back. Don't forget to go to my GoFundMe page, bring back radio. GoFundMe at Bring Back Radio. Funding is the only thing that helps this radio show stay alive. Please help out if you can. I bless you all. I'll see you next week. Yes. Don't forget about the one o'clock Pacific Time trailer for When the Fear Breaks Directed and written and produced by Tymain Clay. Have a great weekend.